Welcome to Hidden Gems. Today we're talking to David Mason, head trainer at Elevate Hoops in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're starting a podcast series on skills training and creating a foundation and learning concepts that translate to the game. So today we're talking with David, who's an expert on shooting. Hidden gems. Hidden gems. Hidden gems. Hidden gems. Hidden gems. Well, bless your ears, baby. I listen to hidden gems every night before I go to bed. I listen to hidden gems in the kitchen. Hidden gems. Well, we'll start out real quick, and you can just kind of give the people a, a background of you and your story real quick and how you got to where you are. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, man. Just knowing you all these years and... You know, seeing you do your work up front and, and in person, you are great at what you do as well. So a little bit about my background, I'll keep it short and sweet. I played high school at Jinx, uh, Jinx, Oklahoma. My senior year, we went we went to the state championship, 27-1 and one that year. I went to Oral Roberts as a team manager, and we had a scenario in practice where we had nine guys. I got an opportunity to kind of fill in a practice randomly. I did pretty well in that practice. Uh, fast forward a month down the road, I was a practice player. Then by next year, I ended up actually being on the team. Uh, so then I was basically a manager that became a walk-on. And then from a walk-on, I had another opportunity arise where we had a, a situation in practice where we didn't start out so hot. And coach said, hey, listen, we got, we'll take these five versus these five. Whoever wins the scrimmage will start in the game tomorrow. And as a walk-on to, to hear, you know, your coach say, if you win this, you're going to start in a game. I mean, you, you perk up and you play a little harder on defense. And so that's kind of what I did. We, my team ended up actually winning the scrimmage. And then that next day, I, I got my first official start for Oral Roberts. Played for 27 minutes. I had 10 assists, five rebounds, a couple points. Was player of the game. Uh, it was pretty amazing. And the reason I tell you this is all along my whole career, my, my upbringing was all based on, you know, waiting for opportunities, and then staying ready for when those opportunities presented themselves. And so the last thing that happened to me before I got actually started getting into my business of skills training was I was a grad assistant coach at Oral Roberts, and one of my roles was to help the team develop. And so I took on a couple of our marquee players, and my job was to make them better throughout the year. And that's when I really started to fall in love with skill development. So ever since I graduated um, at, in ORU, officially 2015, for the next few years, I was doing lessons kind of as a part-time deal, individuals, et cetera. Well, word started to spread, and then it started to go get a little bigger to where I was like, man, I got to go small groups now. And then uh, the last few years, I was a high school basketball assistant while I was building my Elevate Hoops business uh, on the side. Fortunately enough, you know, it was it was doing well. I was helping enough, enough players to where now I'm doing that full time. So kind of a long story. But again, my whole thing was everything that happened to me happened, happened to me for a reason. And uh, when an opportunity presented itself, I had the mindset of it's go time. Right. That's awesome. And that's a really cool story. And even through your, your player development and skills development work, you've grown as a trainer yourself. Um, and one of the areas that you've really become especially good and, and developed your expertise is shooting, which is what we're going to talk about today. So to start off, can you kind of walk us through what you would say are the foundational keys for shooting? And we'll, we'll take this perspective from maybe a high school player. So not, not a little kid, but not somebody, you know, at an elite level. So somebody you're really helping to try to grow their game and perfect their shot. 
Yeah, no doubt. That's it's so important. I mean, especially in today's game, if you can't shoot, you can't play. Unless you're just a freakish athlete or a lockdown defender, unless you're great at something else, if you can't shoot, it's going to be really hard to play. On the flip side, if you can shoot, you always got a chance. And so I would narrow it down. There's so many things. There's so many keys to shooting. But to me, it comes down to these main ones. I think, number one, hand placement. This is shooting hand and left hand. So, you know, is your hand in the middle of the ball? Is your balanced hand on the side of the ball to where it's not too high or too low, where it can cause you to do things, you know, where you push the ball? So number one for me would be hand placement, how you start your both your hands on the ball. Number two would be a consistent and repeatable wrist snap with your shooting wrist you know is it do you have good wrist speed are you snapping it to the floor is it coming off the correct fingers that would be number two a consistent and repeatable wrist snap number three to me would be you know a consistent and repeatable balance hand what i mean by that is you don't want your balance hand to open up you don't want it to flick it's called a balance hand for a reason and you want it to just balance the ball not being impacted you know impact the ball which can impart a side spin I think, you know, the fourth thing for me would be balance. I mean, if you're not on balance, it's going to be hard to be consistent no matter what. You could have really good hands, really good wrist snap, but say, for instance, you, you know, you go off the dribble and you're always out of control, that will lead you to do things that you don't want to do when you get to the apex of your shot. I think the fifth thing, if I had to narrow it down to just that five, would be rhythm. Um, this is something that I, I see a lot of players struggle with and something that a lot of, in my opinion, coaches and trainers don't really know how to teach. And it's all about, you know, being in one fluid motion. Now, every single shooter is different. We're going to talk about this later. But the more just fluid and the more, you know, basically you're doing less on the way up to your shot, the better. Um, You basically want the ball not – you want the ball not far out from your body. You want it nice and tight. You want to get under the ball early. And then by the time the ball gets to your shot pocket, you want it to immediately go from your shot pocket through your pocket. So basically you bring it to your shot pocket – and you shoot it through that pocket. That sounds like a lot of info, but long story short, rhythm is just being fluid and doing your best to make sure that the you know your shot is is in one motion. It's a fluid motion. The more rhythm you have, uh, the more consistent you'll be, and also that'll help you extend your range. Right. Those are really good. And we see kind of the game, even teaching, develop and evolve, and especially nowadays it's different than even – you know, a shooting coach or anybody would teach you in the in the 50s or the 70s. So we see even terminology change. You know, you hear hand in the cookie jar back in the day, even growing up. But now, you know, different things click for different players and also different new developments in shooting are more understood as to what's the most efficient and what's the most effective. So can you kind of touch on terminology and even, you know, pivoting when you're teaching and how different things work for different players and developing their shot? That is a fantastic question. I'm so glad you asked that. I think that I like to go in with a game plan, and this is trial and error. I've, I've kind of narrowed down certain terminologies and, and things that have made sense for not only myself as a player, but for a lot of the players that I've trained, but also being very keen and aware of when something is not really clicking with that player or it's not really working, to be able to then pivot and then uh, you know add something in that could work for them. So to answer your question, here, here's just some, some terminology I like to use. Uh, let's say for arc, I'm a big believer in you know getting that elbow above your eye. So instead of just saying shoot it high, hey, if your elbow's above your eye, chances are that arc's going to be nice and high. Instead of saying, hey, get wide, you're off balance, you got to get wide, how about we say shoulder width apart? It's more specific. Um, one more example might be 
you know, instead of saying, hey, you know, shoot your wrist to the rim, that's 100% true, but how is it leaving your shooting wrist? Is it leaving your index finger last? Is that index finger pointing to the rim? So instead of saying wrist to the rim, a lot of times I like to say index to the rim. And so just basically the more specific, you know, you can make it, the better, and it's going to help that player. Now, for instance, here's, here's just one example of being able to pivot. So say like I'm saying, hey, get your index to the rim, and we're doing drills to, you know, let the ball come off that index finger last or whatever. Well, some players don't like to – they don't understand or they don't feel – it's just uncomfortable thinking index to the rim. So a lot of times instead of saying index to the rim, I'll say two fingers to the rim because ultimately you want the ball to come off your index and middle finger either at the same time or you want it to leave that index just last at the very end. But it's kind of up to that player. Um, so, for instance, if they don't like the index to the rim, we'll start saying, hey, you know what, that's totally fine. As long as it comes off these two at the same time, you're good. So then we'll pivot and say, hey, listen, we're going to say two fingers now and work on drills where it's coming off two fingers at the same time instead of the index finger. And really, you're pretty much doing the same thing, but for them, it's like, oh, wow, this makes more sense. If it clicks with them, then roll with it. Yeah, that's a really good point you bring up, and it kind of reminds me of you know the Heat shooting coach, Rob Fedor. What he said on a podcast that I remember was, you know, everybody learns differently. So some people learn like artists, some people learn like scientists. It just depends on the person. So for you to nail down one terminology for players to learn is kind of naive considering everybody's a different learner. And I think that's also an aspect of skills training that's really valuable is the ability to teach in itself. And I think that applies a lot to shooting and even just skill acquisition in general. When you look at golf teachers, you know, golf pros, shooting coaches, when it's really a technical skill, everybody learns differently and there's different aspects of it that click for different people. So it's all about adapting and like you said, pivoting to get them to connect with what they need to learn. If it's cool with you, I'd like to touch on one thing that you just said. Yeah, go ahead. To that, I think it's real important. So um, like you were saying, you know, everyone learns differently and everyone, it's so true. And so the couple of things that have really helped me is when I can tell a player is not fully grasping the concept, just ask a lot of questions. Can you feel that? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Can you feel it come off your two fingers last? No. Okay. Let's, let's try this. I think this, okay. So. Or, hey, you know, we're, maybe we're saying, you know, say for arc, I like to go elbow above the eye. D- does that make sense? I don't, like, not really because, like, you know, when I play this other sport, where it's like, well, for whatever reason, it's like, okay, that's all I want. Hey, hey, listen, let's try this. Do you watch football? I do. You ever seen a ref make a field goal? Yeah. Okay, let's let's say field goal then. You see how high his arm, like, it doesn't really matter, but does that make, does that correlate better with you? Oh, it does. Okay, great. And then the last thing is, what I love to do, and this really helps the buy-in, it helps, because my thing is if the player doesn't understand it fully or believe it, they're only going to achieve so, like, so, so many results. But if they're all in, they really understand it, they're going to you know, be all in and get all in results. And so I love to start with a film, and then once we film like their shot, I, I show it with them from typically three different angles, the front, from behind, and from their shooting side angle. And then I say, hey, do you see how like, Right here when you shoot it, see how your arm crosses over your, you know, your left cheek? Oh, yeah, I do. You know, my dad said that, but I've never seen it before. Okay, great. Well, do you, you see that that's true, right? <laughs> yeah, coach, I do. Okay, so don't you, don't you think that's something that we should fix? Do you think that this will make you better? I do. Now, here's the other thing. When we do make this adjustment, it's going to feel very uncomfortable. It's going to feel wrong. The key is 
be okay with it feeling wrong until what's what feels wrong eventually feels right. Moving on, like you talked about with different ways you can develop that shooting, are there any key drills or things you really stick to when you're talking about development of shooting? I think that uh, one that I use most often, and I got this from Drew Hanlon, my mentor, but it's called the three finger drill. So like say you have your shooting hand, you get your thumb, index finger, and middle finger. And then those are the only fingers on the ball. So uh, your ring finger and pinky are kind of underneath the ball. Anyway, you bring the ball with one hand and you, you practice snapping it off your index and middle at the same time. And it's a drill that basically forces you to, number one, get the feeling of you know how it should leave your hand last. And B, getting the repetition of it leaving those two fingers last. And then thirdly, from that, from that wrist snap, we like to say, you know, two fingers to the rim, two fingers to the floor. And so anything that, any kind of drills where basically they're forced, they literally have to do it. You set it up to where they have to do it correctly. Those are the best drills. Um, I think, honestly, too, just doing this for, for a while now, and I'm still growing and learning every day, but I've realized that the drill is important, but it, it doesn't, it a lot of times almost doesn't matter either in a weird way that sounds crazy but the drill is important to get them in the right in the right position but the only thing that matters is they're actually getting better at what they need to get better at and that comes back to that thing we talked about pivoting so many times i'll start with one drill and i'm like ah no we'll pivot next drill every once in a while i'll just, I'll just make up a drill just just where i think that it might help them but i think that my thing would be drills are important but actually doing it correctly is all that matters yeah for sure i think you nailed that point and provide a lot of good information right there before we go let's touch on two more topics the first i want to kind of address more applicable you know people that listen to this trainers players whatever you know to take something like tangible from this so let's say hypothetically i'll give you a couple scenarios let's say you're dealing with somebody that can't get rotation on their shot they're just struggling to get spin and get an accurate rotation on their shot what do, what's your approach with them that's a great question <clears throat> number one i'll film their shot and i'll look i'll look at it when you see someone shoot it's kind of like going to the doctor like you you go to the doctor and they say hey, i think your knee's in pain but until they actually go under with surgery they they might be like oh wow there's actually another chair over here so basically you can only see so much from just the eye so basically when i'm looking at that player I can see so much, I kind of diagnose, but then when I look at it on film and go through slow motion, that's really like the shot surgery. So that's what I'd always start with. And then the second thing is, to me, nine times out of 10, when the rotation's off, the, you know, the, the, maybe the ball's coming off wrong, it almost always has to do with how it's leaving their hands, whether it's their balance hand infect, affecting the ball or their shooting wrist or both. So I always like to start with their shooting wrist, and I'll look at one thing mainly what finger or fingers is the ball leaving last the second thing i'll look at is what is their what is their wrist speed is it a, is it a lazy snap is it a sloppy snap or is it a crisp and firm snap the third thing i'll look at is is their balance hand opening up is it thumbing the ball and i'll also look at is their balance arm staying straight and vertical or is it turning and dropping after they shoot it so again, to kind of recap, I look at the hands to diagnose those kind of things, uh, but it all comes down to me. The more you can video, slow it down, really look carefully, that's what's going to give you the best chance to fully get the right diagnosis. No, that's a great point. 
Um, I'll give you one more. Let's say you got a player that, you know, they can shoot pretty well when they're on their own, they're practicing, but then, you know, they get game speed or they get in a different scenario and they're missing short all the time or they're just not, you know, nothing's clicking the same. It doesn't feel the same. I've witnessed many players who are really good on cones and they suck in the games. And that sounds harsh, but it's the truth. I think a lot of players you know, think A, a lot of players think they work hard, they don't work hard. B, a lot of players put the work in, but it's not game-like, it's not realistic. And so what I would say to that player is, number one, is what you're working on is how you work. Is it actually realistic to a game? Or are you kind of just going through the half speed? Because if you're going half speed, the, the, the truth is, I mean, a lot of players are pretty good shooters half speed. But when you go game speed, it's different. So I would say, number one, are you working at a realistic pace? I would, number two, I would encourage that player to attempt to, you know, work on shooting against other players. Put them in situational live drills where maybe they have to, you know, catch and shoot with a hand in their face. They have to, they have to play one-on-one and the coach said, hey, uh, the defense doesn't know this, but you can only get into dribble pull-ups. So basically putting them in scenarios where they have to actually get work on that shot against an actual body so it's realistic. The third thing I'd say is this. You kind of look at it from an outside perspective. You kind of see, okay – Okay, he's loading his legs, check. It's a good wrist snap, check. He's landing forward, check. His shoulders are back. That's why he's short. That's how you diagnose problems. That's how you get better at getting the results you want. Nice. Those are really good, you know, points that you made on that. And off of that, uh, one more question when you talk about that, because there's so many different issues or scenarios that a player might have to deal with with their shot. Can you touch on the importance of perfecting your shot? And then within that, can you kind of touch on how that changes within age progressions and how you might deal with somebody's shot based on if, you know, they're getting into the game, if they're in high school, or maybe you're just tweaking, you know, an elite professional player, how that age difference and development difference also plays into perfecting your shot. Fantastic quote. Fantastic. I love how you said that. I agree wholeheartedly. Perfecting your shot is so important. I mean, if you think that every single player should shoot the exact same way. I would highly encourage you to look at the top 10 shooters in the NBA and tell me if they all shoot the same way. They all shoot right. differently. Now, what they do have is this. Here's what I want to touch on. Every shooter is a little different, but the best shooters do this, do certain things consistently. Right. There's foundational aspects the, that every good shooter has. They have consistent, repeatable wrist snap. They have a, a clean and hard wrist snap. They have good rotation on the ball. They have good balance. They have good rhythm. They have all these things that are required. They have good footwork. They have all these things that are required to become a great shooter, but they, it all looks a little different. So what I would say is this. A young kid, you have way more uh, flexibility to change a lot more. For sure. Because A, they haven't put in as many reps as someone who's older, and B, like a lot of times like young, like really young kids, fourth grade, fifth grade, Nine times out of ten, when I first see a player like that, they almost all shoot with two hands. It's because that you know when they were younger, they that's the only way they could get the ball up to the hoop. So I think that not only can you can you kind of change more because they haven't put the amount of reps in, but number two is you should change more because you want them to have the right foundation early. If they can get the right foundation early, it's going to help their entire career. And the other thing with that is <clears throat> the the biggest challenge with like young kids is it's not fun at all. They actually, a lot of times when you right. change a player's shot, like really, I'm not saying like tweak, like really change a player's shot, 
a lot of times they're worse in the short term just because it's different. And so um, I would say younger, it's easier to change more and you should change more. Once you get older, I would say even like middle school, um, it kind of depends where you are in the season. If it's in the off season, full flexibility. Like if you want to change a lot of like two or three things, go for it. Um, if it's just one little thing you think hindering, do the one thing. But it kind of depends now where when they start to get older, where are you at in their season? Let's talk about high school. If I get a player who's in season and I see five things wrong with their shot, I'm not fixing five things. Period. Right. I'm going to find the number one thing holding him back, and we're going to focus on that one thing only. Two reasons. A, you don't want to, especially in the season, you don't want to hurt their confidence, kill their confidence. Mm -hmm. B, you really can't get better at more than one or two things at a time anyway. And so I would say in season, again, find the number one thing that can help them now, and then just hone in on that. But coach, have you noticed I always, I also twist. Have you noticed that like, yeah, don't worry about it. This is the most important thing. Right. And then save the other things for the off season. So say you get a junior in high school, he's, you know, going into the summer and he's about to be a senior. That's when you have more time to be like, all right, listen, I didn't tell you this during season because it would, it, we wouldn't have been able to fix it anyway. It actually would have hurt you. But now that we're in the off season, it's go time. We're going to start with this. Number one, for the next three weeks, we're only going to focus on, you know, the ball coming off these last two fingers straight. Once this is consistent, we're then going to work on your balance hand. You see how that thumb flicks? Once that's consistent, then – but now you have more time to kind of make a plan and attack more than just one or two things that summer as opposed to what it would be, you know, in season. Right, absolutely. And I think it's interesting that you say that because – one of the biggest things I've noticed when it comes to, you know, a relationship between a skilled trainer and a player, um, especially depending upon the age, would be the trust. Because so many players, you know, depending on the age and depending on what time of year, like you said, think like the next thing that they got is the biggest thing of their life. So they can't change it then. They don't want to they don't want to tweak anything then. So the aspect of trust plays a huge part of that. But also, you know, the approach that you take with each player makes a big difference between even guys graduating high school, going into college. Well, they don't want to change anything now because they just got to their college. They want to come in hot and they want to start right, but they have foundational flaws that they might need to fix. Or you have a middle school kid who has a game, but in the big picture, you know, that fixing this now will play a huge role towards their development. So I think it's a tricky situation, especially with shooting, because it's such a technical but also confidence thing so you're dealing with so many aspects when it comes to tweaking and changing and that's why trust plays such a big part i think the funny thing about being a trainer is you not only you know help players improve their skill sets but you're also kind of a part-time therapist right and i say that half jokingly but i'm, I'm actually kind of serious because especially when it comes to shooting if, if you're not able to help that player stay confident even when it's uncomfortable they're not gonna get the results that they want and so you have to be able to manage, you know, different personalities, different moods, different attitudes, different thoughts that go inside these players' heads. You got to be able to keep them confident and keep them understanding. It all comes back to these three. This is how you get players to buy in. This is how you get actual results. Number one, you are very real with them up front. Okay, hey, this is, this is what I do. Here's what I see. If, we, if you trust me on this, you're going to get better. Number two, you do a lot of film work. Number three, you show them where they've come in, in, in a week or two. So for instance, you give them small wins. So say like it's a Friday and you're working on this one thing, 
by next Friday, even though they feel like they're like, yo, I still can't. Hey, bro, but look, in one week, look how much better this looks. Oh, wow. Okay, now that's a small win. Now that's going to breathe their confidence. So, again, number one, here's how you get buying from players. You are real with them, and you, it's all about building that relationship. Number two, you do a ton of film, break down film so they can really understand it, see it. Number three, you give them uh, feedback and updates regularly so that they can get those small wins. They can see the results. The more they can see those results and get those small wins, the more their confidence will, will drive up. And then the more that it just is an avalanche effect, and then they're just going to get closer and closer to attaining that goal while staying confident in the process. Right, definitely. And I agree with what you're saying on that, and I think it's especially important to be adaptable as a trainer because you're going to deal with so many different types of players and guys that hear it once, they'll do it, they fix it, they got it. And then you got other people that either you know question you and ah, I don't really like how that feels or – they just don't trust themselves to get it done, and they're not a quick learner. So you deal with so many different types of people, but you're trying to accomplish the same goal all the way through. And I think it's interesting. Another thing that you know Rob Fedor said that aligns with what you were saying when it comes to age progressions and everything is even kids, like you said, growing up, they push. You know, you're taught to chest pass. You have these ingrained movements, and you're taught all these different things, and all of a sudden you're compensating and you develop these poor habits or poor body movements. And now the older you get, it becomes even more challenging to get rid of these or tweak these or fix the things that need to be fixed. So I think having that understanding as a trainer and being knowledgeable enough to know how much to fix, when to fix it and how to fix it goes a long way. So hopefully, you know, the people listening and ideally everybody that, you know, is taking this in is able to grab something and use it from this. So I appreciate you coming on. Before we go, we'll go through a couple speed round questions and then we'll get you out of here. First one. Let's do it. First one. What's the main problem or flaw that you see in, let's say, middle school and high school kids in their shooting? The main thing that you're seeing, man, a ton of these kids are doing this. I would say their rotation is off big time. So either A, they're thumbing it with their left hand, they're flick, they're pushing it with their left hand, or B, it's just not coming off their shooting wrist consistently. The main flaw I see is is improper rotation. Right, and it's amazing how you know they have all these coaches. You can make it all the way through. I think that's a testament to the importance of specific skill development because you can go – playing basketball quote unquote for eight years and not have one person knowledgeable enough to teach you why you know your ball's coming off like a knuckleball exactly yeah number two what's next for d mace and, and elevate hoops we're just gonna keep growing and keep building and my thing is you know i have some things in the works that i'm, that I'm thinking about doing but uh no i only focus on one thing and that's how can I continue to best serve my current clientele, my current players? That's the only thing I care about. It sounds simple. It sounds like, are you sure? That's the only thing I care about. It's what fuels me every morning. It's what drives me to stay up till 2 a.m. looking at film on certain players. I care about how can I continue to grow myself, which will in turn grow my players. That's the only thing I care about. Last question for those listening on this podcast, where can we find you on social media or online? You can find me on social media, Instagram, at Elevate Hoops. It's E-L-E-V-8 Hoops. Um, and then my my regular handle is dmace22, D-M-A-C-E-2-2, not an S. It's a C. I like the way it looks better. 
<laughs> All right, well, we appreciate you coming on. I'm glad you could drop some knowledge on, on shooting and player development as a whole for us. So thanks for coming on, D-Mace. Thank you, Justin.